1: Glad you're with us. Final hour of the Wednesday edition. Now kick 360 from 6th and Peabody. Yeehaw beer, Old smoky Moonshine, and you with Chad Withrow. Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Jacob Swanson makes the show happen. Swansea. He's behind the cameras making it happen solo. He's so good he can take our names off the screen immediately. Just like that. That is what Jacob it's does magic. Well. Uh Also, <laughs> David Reed. David Reed, the chairman of the board for All Things Radio Network. And with that, we say hello to Fox Sports Shoals. Uh, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Huntsville, uh, Florence, Alabama. Uh, we say hello to Fox Sports, Knoxville. And we say hello in the Upper Cumberland to Sports Radio 104.7. You can hit us up on Twitter at outkick
2: 36 We love the Upper Cumberland. Absolutely. Huge fans of the Upper Cumberland. Paul, how was Vrabel today?
3: He was just fine. Uh, you know, he took questions like he always do when you get to a week like this against a crap team after you've had a stretch of games against a good team. Uh, you know. Uh, listen, we got to do our thing. We got to keep doing our thing. We got to keep doing our thing better. The same thing that we've been preaching forever. Tannehill echoed the same theme, you know. Uh, urgency, got to hit urgency. I don't think this team thinks like that. Oh, look, a break in the schedule, Houston, but they hear it from the fan base and and from some of the press. And so I didn't
1: think that either. It's out there. I didn't think that either. They they don't need wake up calls. They started the season with one. They had another one against the Jets. They don't need any more. To, hey, this is a handle your business type week. The Texans will lay down and roll over, right? Yes. They just handle your business.
3: That, that and more, you know. I uh,
2: also think that they are cognizant of opportunities they should capitalize on. And I say that because the way they talked about the win over the Saints. Yeah. Well, it I think. It was very much a, this was not a, Paul, remember when, uh. We got into it with Logan Ryan about the team's response to the win in Cleveland. A yeah. bad, bad win. A v- bad win and was very Ugly win. Ugly win. It's kind of Dan Mullen after the Sanford game. What do you mean that it just wasn't fun? It wasn't great. You know, who cares if we gave 52 points to Sanford? <laughs> we won the game by 18, he so was who dancing. cares?
1: He was dancing post-game. Th-
2: this team, after that win over the Saints, the opposite was, look, we won, but there were a lot of bad things that happened on that field. So I do think it's a team that understands really good opportunity to look good this weekend. I uh,
3: I agree. And I think, you know, the run game is the thing that they need to, uh, this will be a good game for the run game because Houston doesn't stop the run. Titans can figure some things out there and hopefully get going on offense, which has been a struggle the last couple of weeks um, as they figure out things without Derrick Henry as A.J. Brown has been really well defended. Uh, and the defense has kind of carried it. So you'd like to see a better marriage of offense-defense in this game with a little bit more balance.
1: Tannehill, uh, say very much today? Um, Quarterbacks uh, here typically speak on Wednesday. Yeah,
3: I'm going to turn this into a story, I think, which I didn't imagine I was doing at the beginning. What I was going after is uh, yesterday, Terrell Williams, the defensive line coach, and Ryan Crow, the linebacker coach, were talking about Danico Autry. Uh, And Danico Autry now... um, this season has been kind of splitting time between those two meeting rooms because he's a defensive end, but he's playing some outside linebacker as well. But both those coaches were saying, hey, we speak the same language. It's all the same messages. And, and to be honest, we're together on third down. But I was going to, you know, do something about Autry, um, this conversation about, you know, there's got to be some difficulty between splitting time and bouncing back and forth between those two rooms. So I took this question of Vrabel because I'm sure Vrabel was in a similar situation in New England. He played inside and outside linebacker. But Vrabel, anytime you ask him about something like that, deflects mm-hmm. away. Anytime you ask him about that in a media setting, he deflects away from talking about his playing career, having any factor on conversations with players. But then I asked Ryan Taino, does Vrabel talk about his playing? I goes, all the time does 10 receptions for 10 touchdowns, talks about talks about his <laughs> technique and all of that stuff. And so I I did ask well, part Vrabel. Part of that is
2: him probably ribbing the players yeah, too.
3: But I did ask Vrabel in a follow-up. I said, you know, you said at the beginning and you've used it as an example that you've been in every seat of every guy, right? You know, the special teamer who has to stick around in Pittsburgh and then, the, you know, the, the pretty good priced free agent, you know, and a, a Super Bowl winner, all, all of these seats. Yet, when we ask you about, Questions about how your experience maybe is a is a resource for players you don't talk about. He said, "Yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk about. You know, though, Paul, it's
2: it's it's a great point, but I can't think of any. I'm I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to think about a coach that was a great player that talks a lot about his playing career when he's coaching." Or that when you ask him about it, they'll start talking about them as a player. Now, I'm, not like old, you know, played, about, I'm not looking for Kind of like the old you know, when I played I'm not looking for that we did this.
3: I'm not looking for that. But when you ask a it's very specific question, he said, Yeah, you know, I told Danico that splitting time and meeting rooms is is a challenge and I told him a little bit about what I did in that. He doesn't have to tell me what well, he did in that. But it's just interesting to me that he always shuts down those questions. Well, it's uh
2: it, and I could tie it into uh, the the two SEC teams in the, in the state of Tennessee also. Uh, Josh Heupel doesn't talk about his playing career and he was a Heisman Trophy finalist as a quarterback. You'd never know that he was a quarterback when asked about, you know, his playing day and coaching quarterbacks and everything else. He talks about everything in the sense of a coach. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Clark Lee talks a lot about the Vanderbilt experience with him as a player. It's interesting. He's, not, si- he's not talking about, when I played fullback at Vandy, you yeah. know, we did this, but he talks a lot about, but I know it inside out because I played at I, Vanderbilt I, H- also.
3: Rabel basically said, I do in there, I don't out here. I think it's guys.
1: important for guys that have a connection like that to reiterate where they've been and how they went about it. Like Clark Lee... Clark Lee can relate to every player in that Vanderbilt locker room and the he obstacles endured it too. that, yeah, and, and uh, the lack of, you know, uh, facilities and maintenance and everything else that goes in, you know, the the lack of uh, training table. Getting well, kicked out there of their facilities for, for
2: and somebody who's a 2-10 season is. You right, know, he yeah, had those right. while he was playing, I mean, too.
1: He, but and also, like, how, how you're trying to stack the small victories, maybe it's not on the scoreboard, but small victories that end up being something greater down the road I think you do want to make yourself relatable in that. And from Vrabel's perspective, I think the biggest asset for him, more so than just like switching rooms to for for meetings, which I think oh I know I know, but he can relate to literally the number one player on the roster to the fifty three man on the roster,
3: and he has talked about that
1: because he was a guy who was a special teams guy at best. You know, when he first started his career in Pittsburgh. And he's been the the all pro player in the locker room. He's been time Super everywhere. Bowman. He's been cut. He's been traded. Like he can relate to all of it. And in uh, yeah, Super Bowl, big moments in the Super Bowl, um, all Playing of it. Playing offense. I, that, yes, I mean I, I think there there is a lot to to glean from him just based on certain situations that don't necessarily take place in a down and distance. Right.
3: I agree with experience. That. Yeah, uh, he's very interesting to me, Vrabel, and I know. Some people are put off by, by his tone and everything. But I, I, I think he's a very interesting, textured guy. And the football resume is, you know, what more do you want than that? Unless he's a quarterback. You know, he's not Peyton Manning. Yeah. But a- after that, if you're looking for, you know, coach's son, uh, like you said, Ben, a- at every seat in the NFL, aspired to be a coach the whole time. So that whole career, he was thinking a little bit with the coach's brain. Um, and and how he's getting the most out of this team, with with all of the things that we've talked about, and with Greg Mabin, and, you know, in a I'm key role think, on a given Sunday and stuff like that. I mean,
2: I'm even trying to think of who has that depth of experience to lean upon in the NFL as a head coach. Frank Reich, maybe. You know, yeah, I'm going through guy who's who's been you know he's been a starter. He was a hero coming off the bench, but he was a mainly a backup. He
3: Terrible terrible game plan for the Titans a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but I'm just terrible I can't, play I can't
2: think of uh who that, you know, player, former player turned coach would be as a head yeah, coach. Tweet now.
3: us if you've got that guy in mind cuz there are some for sure. But most of most coaches, we know this in most sports, aren't weren't the best players.
1: Um you know, a good example would be Jeff Fisher who will be in studio with us tomorrow.
3: Yeah, you know, we can get into he's that He's And
1: then uh, use those experiences, I think, and took experiences from some of the best coaching uh, around Ditka, around uh, uh, Ryan, Buddy Ryan. You know, like there, there are always examples of that. I, yeah,
2: and then, well, and you're right about comparing. That's a Vrabel yeah. around Belichick, around Urban Meyer, right? Andy Reid. Yep.
3: Couple other quick notes. Uh, Vrabel very complimentary on a Floyd Reese built team. Particularly on the big physical and the kind of consistent mentality of the best Titans of that era, Reese and Jeff Fisher obviously being put into the ring of honor on, on Sunday at Nissan Stadium. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, unsurprisingly, I guess, agreed with Terrell Williams that he played better against the Colts than he played against the with five sacks against the Rams and the Saints combined. Um, there's video out there if you want to hear him say that. And um, Rashad Weaver's court case for the big incident in Pittsburgh right before the draft has been postponed yet again into January of 2022.
1: Keep moving it on back.
3: Yeah. Everybody else have forgotten about it by the time he gets to that date and settles.
1: Coming up, um, I'm going to get into – we'll discuss the Titans pass rush And how it's changed, what are some of the bigger developments of that group uh, where, I mean, they they are getting after the quarterback.
3: 26, I think. 26. quite a transformation in one year.
1: uh, They had 19 total a year ago. uh, And now they they are getting after the QB. 18 in the first half of games uh, so far this season. And And some
3: interesting comments from them that I think are going to surprise you guys on, like, if they had to pick one thing as to what sparked the change. What it is?
1: Uh, before we get to them, though, where and I don't I don't know the answer to this. I'm just where did this tickle monster moniker come from? All right,
3: here's my understanding.
1: What what is this, and how? Uh, there is no way. There. I want this to be the last time we ever reference this. There's no way we're calling that group the tickle. Well, moniker. the Titans can't. And touch I'm being this. serious about this.
3: The Titans cannot touch this. Somebody on social media, a a Titans guy that has a, a bit of a presence. I think he does some analysis. Okay. Forgive me for not knowing who it is off the top of my head. Justin something.
1: Yeah, I, I heard of this I for the so. first time today because Jeffrey Simmons was apparently asked about. It. Oh
3: dear God, is it Graver? Yes, it might be. He did a video. <laughs> well, I, I want to get like, the name right. Go to look, credit so because. go look it up. So he did. Uh, I don't want to a, be someone who a, doesn't name names. He did a show, video remember. saying this Titans defense needs a nickname, and I think it was intended to be somewhat comical. That and they've uh, had nicknames in the past, rather so rather than like this tough, rugged, like you know, bury them. That, that like the, the tyrants, right? These, J- these guys, Justin Graver from Broadway Sports. Okay, uh, that, that they're the Tennessee Tickle Monsters, you know. And then the, the joke <laughs> was, you know, they're putting these guys down and then tickling them. I, it, it's well, terrible. Where's the joke? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I like I my, you know like, my uh, first r- rule of comedy. This was very early in our time together. I laid it down. My first rule of comedy is it must be funny. But I'm I also hearing, ha- would have to, hearing, to understand uh, when it. When like if, if
2: there was film of uh, Jeffrey Simmons tickling someone at the bottom of a the pile, that I would understand. It. Is there? Is do we have I, that I, film I available? I don't, I don't
3: believe know. such film exists. When I see that would be a taunting uh, penalty.
1: Uh, oh, tweets come out from the media <laughs> like when when they they're live tweeting like like a game. They're live tweeting the pressers and they say that that Jeffrey Simmons quickly, I think that what uh, what Wyatt said was he sacked the question on whether or not that group should be referred to as the Tickle Monsters. And I'm, I, I did a... Let I, this I, be like the I, last. I, I reread the text or the tweet because I thought, you got to be kidding me. Like was, this is what the question was to uh, an all-pro this year in Jeffrey Simmons. They're talking about tickling.
3: Look, <laughs> let, me right. have, let me have the camera. What,
1: what is going on?
3: It is the job of the media... Somebody in the media in Minneapolis came up with the Purple People Eaters, I believe, right? I'm sure, yeah. Steel Curtain came from the media.
2: It's usually always the old newspaper writer would have it.
3: Be the old newspaper writer if you're in the media. I I wish I could come up with something creative, but I have not. But I sure as hell am not adopting Tennessee Tickle Monsters. I don't want to hear it uttered again by anybody out there. I'll, uh, I'll go right up to them and address them. Justin, what's his name? Graver, Justin, Graver. Justin K. Graver, at
2: Titans Film Room. <laughs> on, uh, okay, on Twitter. Listen,
3: this is where I, I know everybody hates the mainstream media, but this is where the mainstream media must take control. We cannot let the the non mainstream media do something like name a defense the Tickle Monsters. <laughs> uh, people make fun of us because we like mayonnaise, which is a BS <laughs> thing. If what do you think I they're going to think LSU. of us if we name our, the defense in town the Tickle Monsters? This is the last. The Hutton said, "The last we should utter a word I, I, I about."
1: I hope it is.
0: I hope it is. Uh, two things here. Uh, first of all, Paul now considers himself mainstream media. Uh, that came out of that little rant.
3: Also... <laughs> well, I mean, I worked for the Tennessean and ESPN.com. What were those? Okay, but you no longer do that,
0: by the way. Uh, <laughs> and secondly, any any grown man who wants to call another grown man a tickle monster needs to be investigated by the SVU immediately. Well,
3: call them and give them I an anonymous tip. I predator thought it was a, is a joke, gonna show up next. and then
1: I realized... That he Hansen, he was seriously asked that I, again. I only bring it up before we get Watch into. Watch the video
3: during the break, Chad. See oh. if there's any comedy in there. So there's a video that was posted again. I'm yeah, so like confused by video. this. It's a hype video naming them, and Justin Graver posted it. Uh, you want to? Say I,
2: I want know. to give credit to where credit is due, or blame, blame. where it's due. Blame. I don't yeah, know blame. who posted it. Hey, whatever he, he
3: came
1: did. up with, it's getting some traction.
3: Yeah, which is a problem. Isn't that a problem? It's got to be good to get traction. It doesn't have... Here's the problem today. If it just exists, it gets traction.
1: The name itself Existence is not good. gets traction. If it's funny, then I'm all I'm all it's for it new. being I, I want to
2: give the video
1: a, a chance yeah. that if there's like right, a let's funny backstory behind it. Let's behind
3: watch it. it. We'll go to break I here. Have a,
1: I have a feeling, though, it was asked in a serious tone. Today. I want to know I who asked
3: know.
1: it. Coming I'm up. I'm going
3: t- to tweet up. text right now. Who asked the Tickle Monster
1: question? Coming up, we will actually get into the nuts and bolts of the pass rush. Uh, instead of nicknames, we're going to ask the question. I kind of want to get
2: back to the nickname. <laughs>
1: we're going to ask the question: <laughs> Why? Well, Paul asked some good questions today about the pass rush and why. Oh, uh,
2: apparently, much better happened. I, than may, I, wasn't ask, paying attention. I may then follow up by asking Paul some questions about a nickname that he's going to present since he doesn't have one better than Tickle Monsters right he's, now. He's
1: tried to come up with one better and he can't. So I guess right now, no they, nickname. That's what I'm saying. He's trying to come up with better. I'm
3: not a great nicknamer for the team. So
1: therefore, this is the only nickname we
3: have. I nicknamed friends, things that aren't fit necessarily for broadcast. We've all (laughs) done that.
1: Uh, Straight ahead, more on the Titans. Sleepy Danny, I had a role in that. Great pass rush. Next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Yeehaw, beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. 6th and Peabody is their location, which is located where, Paul?
3: At 6th. And oh, no, let me do it different. Okay. Uh, Peabody and Sixth, <laughs> behind the uh, convention center near the Titans mural.
1: John McClane's going to be in town and coming in studio with us on Friday. He sent me a text. Where? He's like, he's like, hey, uh, what's the address for your studio at Sixth and Peabody? And I said, Sixth and Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It never right gets very, old. We're at the corner.
3: It's one of those things that never gets old.
1: Right at the corner. Uh, come, I,
2: come and see us. Say hello. If you're in town. I watched the Tennessee Tickle Monsters video. Yeah, go ahead. Um, continue. The hype portion of it, it's a good hype video, but it doesn't really explain other than F-Words podcast saying, it's it's so ridiculous, this should be their name, and it showed a tweet coming in that said Tennessee Tickle Monster should be the name of it. And because Brian Baldinger originally tweeted, this defense needs a nickname, and then that's the one that was posted they liked the most, and they just put a hype video together.
3: Put some effort into it.
2: I mean, it's not, again... Well, this is more it's effort not than particularly, he was It's not particularly funny, but it's also, it's a very well done hype video.
3: I'm saying it's better not to do it than to, to say, <laughs> well, here's a terrible one, so let's go with that.
2: Well, um. What it was, uh, so Reed got, saw one in our YouTube chat.
0: What are they saying, Reed? Yeah, the suggestion there from uh, Brett Wallace was grand old
2: stompery. <laughs> that's, pretty Al-
1: that's, that's pretty good. Albert Haynesworth
2: approved. That's <laughs> me. Oh, that's good.
1: Someone brought that up on a recent trip, one of these college trips we were on, and um, they're like that. You know that that time that Albert stomped on that one guy's head. and I was like, it was Andre Jarod, and they're like, how do you know that name? How and do I was you not like, know that name? Lived it, lived it. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's right there, front center. <laughs> it was a rough moment, <laughs> really. Bad.
1: Well, it's been since that since that moment. era when that Titans defense that we have seen interior and. Exterior pass rush, get after the Good quarterback. transition. And you know, I, I was thinking about you know Vanden Bosch, Tony Brown, Albert Haynesworth, Keith Bullock.
3: They were on the cover of Sports Illustrated when that met something. The front four,
1: yeah, and they were the Tennessee Tyrants. Going back to nicknames, and that's Tennessee Bullock Tyrants named them. And and it worked. It fit because they they were tyrants uh, week in and week out defensively. That team started ten and zero. This team is eight and two, and in large part. 8 and 2 because their defense is being extremely opportunistic not just in the turnover area and takeaway area but they're getting after the quarterback getting the quarterback on the ground which in some cases can count as a turnover if you get them out of out of field goal range out of scoring position and you get the ball back. Paul, you asked a couple uh players about the the turnaround and my my biggest question just co- coming into today's topic was where did this come from? Because they're doing it with the same players. I know they added Bud Dupree, and but Autry. they're doing it, and Autry, Autry's a big reason, but they're doing it with Landry and with Simmons, primarily. Here's,
3: so so I, I saw we ha- we had this topic, and I thought to myself, uh, all right, so what's the singular source? And and I'm the guy who always says it's never just one thing. Yeah. But I thought, I'm going to ask these guys, what is the one thing, if you had to narrow it down to one thing, from last year to this year that has changed to make this popular and so i started off by asking jeffrey simmons what is the one thing above all else that has keyed this dramatic turnaround with the pass rush we've been
1: we've been getting in the backfield we've been affecting quarterback and it's not just one guy it's everyone everyone working on the same page no selfish guys everyone happy for each other everyone celebrating so each other so i think that's the number one step you
3: feel like that first word he said was communication. Communication, he said. So then I went to Roger Saffold. Now, Roger Saffold okay. has not gone against... I like where this is uh, going. His, uh, people are wrong to think that the Titans offense and defense go against each other on a weekly basis, right? People think that. Oh, Roger Saffold, they barely Roger Saffold's going against Jeffrey Simmons all the time. No, he's not. He did in August. In July and August during training camp, they go against each other, right? Now they go against scout teams that are showing them what they stay the healthy Texans for game day. are doing and yeah. they're staying healthy for game day. But I asked Roger Saffold, back in training camp and now seeing what they're doing, what do you think the one thing has, the one key thing is for the pass rush that has changed everything if you had to go to one thing? Uh, I think they just
0: super coordinated with their rushes, which has made it better for everybody to win on the outside and on the inside.
3: Communication. And super coordinated. Super coordinated.
1: Chad, your thoughts? A this year is right ago, up your alley. This uh, is ball of the T for uh, Chad Withrow. A year
2: ago, it jumped out to me when Kevin Byard said multiple times, we need to get more coordinated. And the talking point with a historically bad third down defense was, follow me on this. The Titans did not have a defensive coordinator on staff. Not by name. A year ago, Shane Bowen, or a year later, Shane Bowen is named defensive coordinator. Suddenly, you've got a lot of Titans players taking subtle shots, saying,
3: we seem more coordinated. The rush is more coordinated. How is that, Paul? Super coordinated. It is super coordinated. And the communication. Now, look, communication, I understand in the secondary, people are spread out their communication issues. Up front, you're standing right now. I'm right here. The communication shouldn't be that hard. I am right next to you. I'm I mean, really surprised at those answers because my answer is this: Danico Autry.
2: It just <laughs> I, I can I can go one of two ways here. Credit where credit is due. Didn't know that Shane Bowen was going to be uh, a good coordinator. He's done a great job this year. Credit to that. I also look at it and say, why did you play cute? <laughs> With not naming a coordinator last year. There are times to be cute. made a mistake. Those times are when you're good at something. You can't play cute when you have the worst third-down defense
3: in NFL history. Can't do it. He made a mistake. Then admit it. He's not going to admit it publicly. Maybe privately. Maybe. I doubt it. I
2: just don't. He's got an ego. I will never understand that. That's great. I mean, a lot of people with egos can say, yeah, probably should have had a coordinator last year.
3: Chad, we're worried about this year. We're worried about the Texans. Fine.
2: But again, it's just, it's, it, is, it is odd when you go back and see the quotes from a year ago, and then you see those quotes about the pass rush is better because they're coordinated and they know what they're doing.
1: The Titans have had 10 individual Uh, excuse me, individual sack seasons reaching 10 or more since 1999. They've never had two players in one year. Best of my knowledge. And they're going to. Um, Those 10 include Landry this year. You've got Curse, who did it three times. KVB had 10 or more twice. Babin, Arakpo, Casey, um, Kevin Carter, now Landry. In the Titans era, Landry is fifth in sacks in the Titans era. Think about that.
3: Let's go for a second there to the break. Before Arakpo, who was the one before Arakpo? Babin?
1: I think it was Jason Babin.
3: The space between Babin and Arakpo was long. Yeah. That is a long period. That's where you and I were saying every year in the draft, (laughs) <laughs> Go get a damn pass rusher. Where's the pass rusher? Go in free agency and get a pass rusher. That that Iraqpo finally Morgan, showed up. Morgan was the draft pick. Derek
1: Morgan, yeah.
3: And that that's a little bit like Dupree and Landry now. And Landry was a lot like Morgan up until this year in the close but no cigar category, though he's now advanced beyond Morgan in terms of his ability to finish. Not similar guys. Landry, quicker, sleeker. Uh, Morgan, Bigger, sturdier, stronger. I would I would say, um, but look, they. It's been a problem for a long time, and I'll say this: the Titans' two longest existing problems. One, number one, clear cut by a mile was wide receiver. Yeah. Now, AJ Brown doesn't single handedly solve wide receiver, but even an, a display like we saw from Marcus Johnson last week, a hundred yard game from a relative no one was unheard of for the longest time by the Titans, and they got it. Nate Washington was a good free agent signing. They got six years out of him, but draft and develop a wide receiver like A.J. Brown, people were praying for it for 20 years. It didn't happen. And then the pass rush for this period, Babin was okay, but he wasn't a stud. Yeah, from he KVB, had that one year.
1: He had that one year where it was unbelievable.
3: Right, but from KVB really until now, very poor pass yeah. rushing era. And they Landry, patient with them. developed. Dupree, looking pretty good, though he's not practicing with the, the abdominal problem. Simmons turning into a Hainsworth type of power. And Autry, really, I think the linchpin of this whole thing, he'd be my answer. They found it. John Robinson, for all the troubles that we talk about, and there are a lot of deficiencies, two longstanding organizational problems, he has tapped into fixes.
1: The 2000 Titans had 55 sacks defensively. The 99 Titans had 54. Otherwise, 44 is their best. And
3: they're on pace for 46, I think. Yeah, they can get the third best
1: among the Titans' era this year. And that's coming off of what was a horrible defense last year. What do you think
3: of my thing? I think Autry's the linchpin because... Think of, and I'm just going back to last year. What's the big change? Matt Dickerson and Jack Crawford were zeros. They got no penetration. They were the definition of just a guy. They went from just a guy to a guy that's penetrating. He's playing end. He's playing outside linebacker. Linebacker, he's long. He's batting passes. And he's given support to Simmons on one side of him and Landry sometimes on the other side of think He's really helping everybody. It's it's, it's twofold. Go ahead. It's
2: Autry and it's contract year Landry. <laughs> to me, that's I mean, if you're going to point to this is the reason but he's for a New ingredient. It's it's Autry, but so is contract year Landry, yeah. who has not been this guy until he got into a contract year, and and maybe it's because of lack of coordination that they keep bringing up. But either way, he's he's better now.
1: Simmons has also become just extremely powerful, like in the pass rush. Uh, Paul has been down on him throughout his entire career. He's delivering now, on what I've asked for because he is getting after it. You know he was close was in some instances, but this is—he's now bull rushing, bulldozing people over, uh, and getting the quarterback fast. And we haven't seen weak, that inside since Casey.
3: If you put weak interior guys out against him, and frankly the Rams and the Saints, if you look at their roster and say where's the weakness, interior offensive line is one. You are going to pay yeah. the price. Yeah. Right. And I, I, you know, I'm sure Houston doesn't have stud guards and center uh, either but, on a roster mean, that's weak everywhere.
1: I can tell you though, like, do you think that the the opposing offense is more concerned with Simmons or Autry right now?
3: Well, who's closer to the quarterback? You got to be whoever you know. Simmons is generally lining up closer to the quarterback, so you got to be more worried. And they are about moving. Closer they're to the moving
1: Autry around quite a bit, and that's what I thought they would do to start the year. They're expanding that. I think that will become
3: more and more of a theme. Well, some of it. I mean, this week they had to. They had to do it because once Dupree's out, there's no uh, a Denny is there some of the time. But they yeah, and then if Denny's up. out, you you have to play him outside linebacker. You don't have another guy in the roster.
1: Well, Roberson's back, right? Or it could yeah. be back. But yeah, but I. I, I there's true value in Denico Autry. And we, we failed to mention him yesterday in the Pro Bowl discussion. Yeah. He is. He's, he's a there.
3: definite Pro Bowl He's candidate. there.
1: But all, all of their definite guys are on defense all of a sudden. It's really remarkable. And you get the pass rush, and now you can make up for where you have deficiencies in the secondary. No one's arguing that teams are attacking Chris Jackson. They are. But in some cases, the quarterback has no time to zero in on that side of the field because... You have the line crashing in on you.
3: And look, all is not lost on offense, but there was some weirdness going on. Tommy Hudson activated. Somebody texted, uh, tweeted me. He said, uh, Tommy Hudson looked pretty good when he was uh, when he was active. Maybe he'll open some things up. If you're thinking that Tommy Hudson is going <laughs> to open some things up, you're yeah. really reduced to rubble. I mean, Tommy Hudson is a nice player, but he's not opening anything <laughs> up for any. <laughs>
2: Not the guy who's going to open things up. No, he's not the water faucet type player. <laughs>
1: that's and crazy. They, and Dupree is on the injury report. Did not practice today with did an abdominal strain. Did not practice with an
3: abdominal, but he wasn't put on IR today. So that's very encouraging. I thought that that you know when transactions came out this morning pre-practice, I think a lot of us thought that that was a, a real possibility. Just that one snap disappearance automatically declared out. Dude, you're in press box at home games. They don't declare anybody out. Yeah, I mean, your bone could be sticking out and they say you're yeah. questionable.
1: They immediately said he's not coming back.
3: So that that set it's off a lot bills.
1: Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360.
2: I'm looking right now. There's some odds. This is from uh, Mike Bratton, SEC Mike. Uh, yeah. This is uh, from a, a sports betting AG, not, not FanDuel, but they have odds on the next college coach to get fired. And this seems like the easiest money in the world to me. Because Manny Diaz is not the betting favorite. Dan is at plus 350. Does
3: FanDuel have it?
2: Manny Diaz plus 450. Mike Blumgren at Rice plus 500. Steve Sarkeesian plus 550. Steve Sarkeesian's not getting fired after one year. Right? I, I, Unless there's something else going on behind the scenes.
1: So are they saying like... What?
2: I don't know how Dan Mullin is plus 350 and Manny Diaz is plus 450... Considering Miami just fired their A D to hire one that's going to fire Manny Diaz. Maybe it's just saying sequentially, because they don't have an AD right now, he's not gonna be the next one to get fired. I don't think FanDuel gives you props like this. And they're they're saying that, well, if Dan Mullen loses to Missouri on Saturday, he's getting fired Saturday or
3: Sunday? Oh, it's like uh, the next one to get right. fired. Yeah, so Diaz may be inevitable, but it doesn't happen fast enough.
2: I, mean, it I, it I, I understand I understand the business and people acting fast, and it's, it's big-time college football. It's the SEC. It's Texas or whatever, but I still think firing Dan Mullen before the season's over – is a little crazy even for Florida and the SEC. I've been thinking about what
3: Hutton said about... Well, I, and, and I don't I, think
2: Florida is going to do great. I said, great, that, and I said I, that before I, the last two
1: weeks Yeah. with what we've seen from Florida. If they go out after giving up 42 in the first half to Samford, if you go and have a, a similar performance to Missouri and lose, you're, you have no alternative but to part ways. <sighs>
3: Still, isn't there a scenario where you have a big come to Jesus meeting and say, "Dude, you're not the dude that we hired, but we know the dude that we hired is in there. Let's get it. Let's get it together." <laughs> like I'm giving you this off season, I, I really expect it you to, to. His boss to get also, back to his work. boss
2: who might be in trouble as well. Scott Strickland was his boss at Mississippi State, so he knows the guy. He couldn't have gotten, gotten this bad.
3: By. I mean, he just lost his way. I'm, I'm not this guy either. I'm, <laughs> I
2: know. I know. He's he's, he's lost his way. He's an odd dude to begin with, but see, he, he I, wasn't kept this it, odd. He kept it under wraps I, yes, at Mississippi he Wasn't State. this odd? Let's see if you got buy, buy into this.
1: The the way that defense performed in the first half versus the second half against Samford, and I know we're talking about the Samford Bulldogs here. Um, did they played like a defense that was really upset that Todd Grantham was fired the previous week? Yes. Right, like they they did not want their defensive coordinator and, fired, and they didn't and like their the replacement. Guess who signed off on it? Daniel Mullen. He did the old Scott Frost, where he kept his job by well, getting did. other coaches replaced. That's I mean it, that does not ring bells of optimism in a locker room.
2: Florida is an eight and a half point favorite at Missouri this weekend. Both teams are five and five. Give me Missouri trying to get to a bowl. So the winner of that game is who wants bowl to play the bowl. Missouri more than Florida.
3: And Florida can't salvage that game. Because I mean, next up... Who wants life. to
2: play in Birmingham, Chad? Yeah, it would be Missouri. <laughs> I mean, o- over Florida for sure. <laughs> the
3: Birmingham Bowl in Texas? Yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> in Missouri, you know, they've got... They've got Florida and they've got at Arkansas to get bowl eligible, to win one of the two. So not going to be and easy.
1: Florida has Missouri and Florida Missouri, I
2: mean, if Florida loses to Missouri... I will state it right now. If Florida loses to Missouri, they're losing to Florida State. (laughs) There's no coming back from that, right? They're going to go ahead and drop both if they lose to Missouri. Coming up, we give
1: Paul some grief over a result of last night and uh, tell a a great story uh, that Withrow was a part of years ago. That's all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Coming up tomorrow, former Titans head coach Jeff Fisher will be in studio with us here at 6th and Peabody in downtown Nashville. going to be great. Uh, plus, Armando Salguero and Trey Wallace will join the show tomorrow. Looking forward to that. John McClain in studio with us on Friday.
2: Did uh, the Freddie Freeman report just go away that we discussed yesterday? Poof.
1: Just went away. Poof. You know what I think happened? You know my prediction of what happened with that tweet? I think that they had scheduled that headline... In advance, okay, my theory here, because you can now schedule tweets like weeks out. Mine right? never worked, and then it didn't happen. I well, It didn't happen, and they forgot they scheduled it. And so, therefore, when you clicked on the link, it just went the to their front page. Wasn't there. Because it was just holding a spot.
3: For that's story. what I think. But that's was, very foolish scheduling. You can't schedule something for a news story. Right. you have a news story, you're tweeting it out immediately. You wouldn't be scheduling it.
1: Well, not scheduling it. You you schedule it, then you go to your calendar and copy and paste and tweet it out. Yeah, it was a news. tweet
2: with a link to the baseball front page with no story yeah. attached. Yeah,
3: maybe the Yankees got back involved. But you um, know, you can't hang there, Paul. Well, Paul but
2: you don't want them. So. I don't.
3: But <laughs> Jamaica, they
1: might. Jamaica should have did not should have won over USA in soccer last night. Had an open net. Uh, Point-blank range, and the Jamaican kicked it over the goal. Yeah, it was uh, uh, I, I, not that, a great that, night. That, that, that coming from Scott Van Pelt's highlights, as I watched ESPN last they night.
3: They had uh, two games. The 1-1
1: one, one draw. Two
3: games. You want six points, which is two wins. They got four points, a win over Mexico at home, which is humongous. Then they got uh, you know two guys that, that wound up with accumulation of yellow cards that were out of that game. Playing in Jamaica is like playing in uh, this field up here. Uh, off West End, in front of the school, terrible Greer, Greer pitch. Stadium. Uh, yeah, like the uh, Greer Stadium Why? now. Yeah, no. the field was awful. It's like awful. playing a Nissan Stadium. No, it's Why, like playing at Greer uh, Stadium now. No.
1: Why do they allow the qualifiers to be played on these dirt hills?
3: It's in charge. I mean, the country's in charge. The country tells you where it plays. I mean, but, I guess but, there's a standard. But the World is is that Cup, a home at, field the World Cup is thing? not
1: played on a goat pasture.
3: No, uh, listen, it gets worse than that. You know, this <laughs> video review they decided not to have. In the, in the tournament to qualify for the biggest tournament in the world, CONCACAF, our governing body, said, we're not going to have VAR because not every country and not every stadium is equipped for it. So instead of insisting on it or saying we'll have it where we can have it, we don't have it. So somebody may or may not qualify for the World Cup based on a controversial call that's not reviewable because they didn't see fit to have it. They should beat Jamaica, but a draw with Jamaica on the road after beating uh, Mexico at home is not terrible. We're in very good shape with 15 points.
1: Briefly go back to the field for a moment because, uh, forgive me, uh, I'm not trying to make fun of their situation. They just shouldn't be hosting if they can't put together a better field than this. But why do I say that? Because Nashville would do anything to host a World Cup here. They'll do like – they're head over heels – Bending over, trying to do anything they can to get them to well, get noticed. Just
2: a World Cup qualifier. They,
1: they would upgrade over. Uh, you want new turf? You want state-of-the-art turf flown in the, the week before and laid down? They'll do anything. Yep. Meanwhile, you can go to Jamaica and you know get the cows out of the way, and you can play right there. Just put two goals up, and if you have a chalk line, great. Have at it.
3: Well, I as, don't understand as that. an entry in the field that makes these are the semifinals. Technically, you uh, you get the host game. They get to host games in this group of eight. So they don't even, even have to games.
1: audition for it. Like It's not like they flew in. Well, they've in
3: qualified and- for this. I, I, I think CONCACAF has some standard, and th- this field meets their weak standard for whatever it, what it uh, right Meanwhile,
1: right after, Chad, uh, they, sh- they they were showing the highlights of this. They showed the highlights of Canada against Mexico. In the snow. And I'm sure that, that it was a turf field. I'm, I'm sure that the, that the field meets the qualifications, and Canada lucked out and had ice there was a huge weather and issue Mexico loses and so there. that's to their advantage i understand that Absolutely. part more than i do you know fall into but a hole but i'm
3: surprised it was turf because well, you cannot play I, real world cup I matches think it on was turf. on
1: turf uh, if i'm if it was not
2: turf it I'm, was I'd it be was part of to rock where it looked like i don't think it was turf, turf. i don't think you would play on Yeah, i think it was natural grass but Turns uh, better. The than U.S. The teams. U.S. win over Mexico to me is downgraded because Canada just beat Mexico. Well, so I don't know how big Canada, a win it could be. Canada's soccer, actually Canada's not actually Arctic. not ice hockey. Canada's
3: actually getting better, and Mexico will uh, just disappears in cold weather and snow.
2: And at the risk of pissing off the entire island nation of Jamaica again, is it again. because people are just afraid to call out a third world country as to why they get to play games there?
3: But well, this is because a, this the fear probably is Because the worst. so
2: Your country's just so I, poor; you it's can't not the put together a nice oh, I'm field. Sure El
3: Salvador may
1: be worse. I'm sure it's not the worst. My point the is the stadium's but terrible. But again, then why are they, we
2: not talking about this nonstop if the field condition is that bad? I'm saying that if they, you're playing in a goat field, yeah. Again, like
1: they, they are willing to fly to some of the state-of-the-art cities, the foremost cities in the world, and try to get them to bid against each other on hosting this thing, even qualifying matches.
3: I told Teresa, but yet.
1: But yet You can go here, and it's just like, well, we're just going across the world, so this is just where you're playing today.
3: I told Teresa, it's a running nation. (laughs) There's a track around the field. It's a terrible, terrible stadium. There's hardly anybody there. I think it's the first post-COVID thing there. It's a miserable facility. I mean, it looks absolutely decrepit. But uh, she said, why isn't there anybody there? Why is it so bad? I said, Teresa, it's a running nation.
2: It's a running nation and a weed smoking nation. Yeah, you, Two things
1: they do very there, well. There uh, were COVID issues in Canada, so they only allowed 5,000 there.
3: Quick
2: uh, history lesson for you guys. You know that the term third world country, I know now yeah, it's developing country. Yeah, you've told us this. I
3: was thinking about it last night. Uh, it's now termed First developing world is country.
2: Dem- democratic. No. So there was a right after World War II. Uh, please, Paul, let me let me give this history lesson. I'm trying lesson. to remember what Right you told after us. World War II, Go on. the world was split into. Capitalist American ideals and communist Russian ideals that hit the Eastern Bloc, you know, the Berlin wall, all of that. So countries all over the world started picking a side. There was a first world and a second world. Those worlds were going to collide at some point. Hence the cold war capitalism versus communism. The third world was a third way of meeting communism with capitalism. You did tell us this. You were listening uh, to the podcast. I did say it on the air, though. I told it to you during oh, the right? Yeah, before the show. Uh,
3: from a podcast you're listening to. What's the name yeah. of the podcast? Give it a plug.
2: Uh, or don't. American History <laughs> Storytellers. I think it's the It could the be name better. It could be a
3: better named podcast. Yeah. That doesn't draw me in. But Your yeah. retelling tell, draws me in.
2: But, you know, you think of a third world, you think of uh, just Popular. poor countries. Yeah. But well, that's what it apparently is a lot of times. These but it's combination the
3: third world. platters haven't worked very well.
2: Yeah.
1: I went and saw the new Bond last night. Like thumbs Chad, up. I sign off on it. I say 007. I give it a thumbs up. How to you go see it? it. Loved it.
3: Um, but you didn't like the uh, extra fees.
1: Yeah, the yeah the the fees sucked. Convenience. Bond, um, um, Bond,
3: Bond movies, name? one I'll always watch. Family in the liked theater. it. I'll yeah, always watch it. The absolutely, absolutely. Ellie the intern doesn't even know what Bond well, is.
1: Uh, a lot of people. That that's what I was bringing this up. A lot of people haven't even watched Bond before. Um, Reed has never seen or is not into Bond movies, and maybe he's seen some. But it's he's not a generation he's anti, one or two. He's anti Great Britain. Yeah, uh, ever J- since
2: 1776. Jacob Swanson is in the running for never the next let go. Bond.
0: No, we dispatched him in 1776. Why should I even
2: care oh, about that? Exactly. What See, I told you, I, I know Reed so well that when he said, it, "I'm like, oh, he just hates." Have you
3: ever it. seen Elizabeth Hurley? I have. There's one reason not to be done with them. There, there's.
1: A, she lives here now. So you're so. In the, you're into the Bourne Ultimatum, all that.
3: No, it's the, well that's, that's the, American I,
1: version of Bond. I can't. So no, good. I
0: don't. I can't. The Bourne movies are so good. No, I can't. I can't Reed suspend like my so disbelief. I can, I can watch professional <laughs> wrestling, but I can't suspend my disbelief <laughs> yeah. for James that's Bond. A disconnect. The Bourne movies where they're running across it's the rooms real. in real. Morocco.
3: It's still real to, still yeah, real still real to real. me. <laughs>
1: still
0: real to me. Still real to me.
1: We are Sorry, back at it Liz tomorrow. Hurley,
3: I didn't mean to be disrespectful.
1: Jeff Fisher joins us in studio tomorrow. Hope you'll join us. 2 o'clock Central, 3 o'clock Eastern, right here on Outkick 360. You know what Jeff
3: Fisher doesn't do? He doesn't block the box. And you know what he does do? He locks his yep, locks. He does.